Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast, where I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Hope everyone had a nice weekend. It's pretty late here on Tuesday night, so I will probably release this episode Wednesday morning, and it's going to be it's going to be really tough for me. My, my friggin' keyboard broke. I had a wireless keyboard I was using, and it just went belly up on me, and it's making my life very difficult to get things done here, so it's going to take me a while to get things uh, situated here, edited, cleaned up, and out to you guys, but I'll I'll get that taken care of here and, and drop this for you Wednesday, and uh, my weekend was good, you know, I'm, uh, I'm officially 37 years old, and it doesn't feel much different than 36, but it was nice to take a, take a day off and have, have a long weekend here. Not not think about too many things and just uh, celebrate me. <laughs> anyway, all I really wanted for my birthday was for more of you guys to purchase your tickets to the Sayulita Super Spreader event December 10th through the 12th of this year. Those tickets are on sale now, so go to this, the, um, the website. It's sayulitasuperspreader.eventsmart.com. And get me a belated birthday gift. I will I will accept them all the way through November, but preferably uh, sooner rather than later. So I have a head count of how many people are coming to this thing. So don't be a jag-off. Get me a birthday gift. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the, other, the other thing you should do is join our um, supporting listener group, which we will be meeting on Friday. We're going to have our our regularly scheduled happy hour this Friday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's the other birthday gift I will accept. If for some reason you have a conflict and you can't make it here in December to drink with me in person, December 10th through the 12th, you can do it virtually every other Friday. And all you have to do is go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com, click on the Support the Show tab, and set up a recurring monthly donation. It really is a lot of fun, especially for me, because I get to meet a lot of you guys and we get to hang out for a few hours every other Friday. I'd like to get some more people involved in that as well, so please go and do that for me. It's one of the many ways that you can support the show here and uh, help keep the lights on for the Peddling Fiction podcast, which, you know, it's been, I think it's been a week since we since we talked last, or it will be a week tomorrow, something like that. And there's uh, there's a few things I'd like to talk about that, you know, there weren't any really major news stories or something that, that really broke, as far as I know, since the, the last time we talked. But there have been uh, just a few developments and with the uh, 
the the vaccines and the uh, debt ceiling debacle debate catastrophe that's coming up and then a very creepy development the uh, the next step in your bank account surveillance that Joe Biden is trying to push through and um, so that's that's what we'll be talking about today and you know the the, the things with the, with the whole covid thing and the, and the and the vaccines and uh, the the stories i want to discuss today really embody the the whole pandemic more so than anything that i can think of in recent memory they're just perfect microcosms for everything that's happened go like starting with just this this new york state of a uh, of emergency that the the new york governor is is basically triggering here because the governor, this is uh, what's her face, Kathy. I don't know how to say her last name. Hochul. She, she, the chick that replaced Cuomo as governor of New York, right? And New York has a statewide vaccination mandate for healthcare workers. And believe it or not, there are thousands of healthcare workers, a lot of nurses and and people like that, that that do not want to get the vaccine. They are refusing the vaccine, and so they are going to be fired. And and this is creating a, a shortage of healthcare workers that, you know, all of these fucking vaccine pushers have been complaining about this for since the, you know, the va- they came out with the vaccine. You know, one of their talking points that they've been parroting is, oh, you know, the unvaccinated are piling up in in uh, hospitals and they're taking up hospital beds and and there's a shortage of nurses and and staff to deal with all these unvaccinated people that are ruining it for the rest of these vaccinated workers and uh, people that have been vaccinated they have other health care issues that they need attended to and that well now they can't because the unvaccinated are creating this shortage of health care workers and hospital beds and blah 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 and this like so many other issues uh, with surrounding COVID-19 is completely fucking man-made. It's all self-imposed. <laughs> we we're going to we're going to pass a mandate that that fires anybody that doesn't want to get forcefully vaccinated in the healthcare industry which is just the, the 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 icing on the cake here, right? You have fucking worthless bureaucratic parasites. This chick wasn't even fucking elected. She just happened to be the the next in line after after a womanizing prick got taken down, right? She get, she gets to step in here and follow through on these plans to force to either force people to get vaccinated or, or fire them. And then once you fire thousands of healthcare workers who have have better knowledge of of these so-called vaccines and and COVID-19 and how they should be treated for it or how they should, you know, handle their healthcare decisions more so than any bureaucrat that I can think of. They've made a conscious decision not to get this. They've put their job on the line. They're being fired for this. It's creating a shortage of nurses. And now in, in perfect government fashion, the governor of New York is, is, is declaring a state of emergency. She's going to bring in the National Guard to fill the vacancies in hospitals that, that's being created by government decree. The problem that government created so they get to declare a national uh, a, a state of emergency 
which gives them all sorts of powers that they normally wouldn't have. Look how that worked out. Who knows what what else they're going to be able to do by declaring a state of emergency. And then they're going to bring in the National Guard, which I, I'm sure are not, are not nearly as knowledgeable and trained as the nurses that these hospitals already had on staff. Which weren't, it wasn't a problem to have these hospital workers working unvaccinated for the last year and a half. In fact, I, I remember they were being hailed as heroes <laughs> not too long ago. Isn't it interesting? How quickly you can go from hero to pariah, especially in the state of New York, with in the case of Governor Cuomo, former Governor Cuomo. But I, I hope a lot of these these um, unvaccinated healthcare workers are starting to realize because I bet a lot of them were on the you know would have been on the you know the more lefty Democratic side of these things, especially working living in New York. How quickly the apparatus gets turned on you when you are deemed the enemy by by the government. When they when they put you in your cro- in their crosshairs, this is what happens to you. It re- it really is just incredible. It's an incredible thing to watch happen. But this is just this is just perfect, right? <laughs> we're we're going to force we're going to forcefully fire a bunch of people declare a state of emergency, bring in the, the, the National Guard, a, a lesser effective, less knowledgeable, l- less trained body of people to replace the, the ones that you fired for no fucking reason, and then blame unvaccinated people for staffing shortages. And, and, and people, can't, people can't seem to understand what is going on here. And, and by the way, those that are being fired due to refusing the vaccine, as predicted on this show, their very refusal, all these healthcare workers who, who have been fired because they did not comply with the state's COVID-19 vaccine mandate, they will not be eligible for unemployment benefits, according to state officials. And I believe I called that here on this podcast a couple of weeks ago when I told you that this is is one of the many things that they can fucking withhold from you. In a statement released on September 25th, New York Governor Kathy Hochul, Hochul? How the fuck do you say her name? I don't care. Whatever. Uh, Said that the New York Department of Labor has issued guidance to clarify that terminated workers won't be eligible for the benefits unless they have a valid physician-approved request for the medical accommodation. But see, this is this is one of the many problems with allowing the government to get so involved in our lives and, and become so dependent on them. And these people have probably been paying into unemployment insurance their their entire you know since they were what fifteen years old, tens of thousands of dollars paid in to fucking unemployment benefits, and then the second you go against their fucking mandate, you don't do what they want you to do, they they take it out, they pull it out from under you. Just fucking despicable. But there is nothing that, you know, there is nothing so trivial that they will not fucking make your lives a- as miserable as possible so that they can exert their power over you. You know, I was, I was joking on Twitter because I, for some reason I, re- I remembered that the, uh, that, that clause from the Green New Deal that, you know, they claimed was uh, a typo or something when they put it up. It was like a draft and they didn't really mean to release that one. Where they where they had the, the the phrase that said like workers who were unwilling or or unable 
to work would get unemployment benefit, would get, you know, government assistance or whatever. They'd say basically be paying people who are unwilling to work. And, you know, maybe since they're about to try to fucking pass this Green New Deal thing, basically, in this three and a half trillion dollar budget proposal, maybe we can get that phrase put back in there so that all of the people who are unwilling to work or unable to work because they won't get the vaccine and they're being forced out of the job can still get some uh, some government monies put into their bank account via the the green new deal cuz i don't th- you know at the time i don't think any of us that were um, upset about that phrasing were thinking that it was going to be the government forcing you out of work because you wouldn't get one of their vaccines anyway it really is just God, how far we've come in such a short period of time. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, unfucking believable man. And in the latest push for, uh, of the largest propaganda campaign in modern history to get you uh, to take your vaccines and your booster shots, Joe Biden took to the cameras to get his third jab. He got his booster shot because it's been approved for emergency use for people over 65. I mean, dude, this is just so fucking weird to watch these people go on national TV and get a vaccine. I mean, if, if whether or not you believe he was actually getting vaccinated or not, I mean, that's what that's what they're claiming. So let's I guess we could take them at their word that he was actually getting uh, the third shot from Pfizer, which we have some more Pfizer news coming up later in the show here. But. First of all, what's the emergency here? I, I I mean, where is the emergency with COVID? Like so many of these other things, it's all been fucking man-made. COVID-19, this whole pandemic is, is more man-made than climate change. But you know, those with underlying conditions and high-risk environments and those 65 and older have been approved for the emergency booster shot. And Joe Biden was all the more willing to do it of course, he's sitting there. He's been he's been fully vaccinated. I, I'm sure he gets tested constantly, being the fucking president of the the United States, and everybody in the room has been tested and fully vaccinated. And he's sitting there getting the third booster shot. He's wearing a mask. He's he's still wearing the fucking mask. Like, <laughs> does anybody like? How are we supposed to take these people seriously? How much confidence can you have in this vaccine if you you have to keep getting booster shots and wearing a mask and getting tested and and being in a room socially distanced with everybody else being tested and vaccinated and you're still wearing the mask? What what are we doing here? And then you know he's taking questions this whole time and like trying to act all fucking cool and tough and whatever. And somebody asks him how many Americans need to be vaccinated before getting back to normal, before we can get back to normal? And he starts, you know, giving, giving a mumbling, bumbling answer. And then he, he lets it slip that, you know, 97 to 98% of Americans need to be fully vaccinated in order to go back to normal. Now, what normal actually means under these conditions, I have no fucking idea what these maniacs consider normal anymore. But 98% of the American people need to get vaccinated to go back to normal now. 98%. 
There's an attainable goal for you. 98, could you get 98% of people to do anything? I mean, you, you could offer free fucking cheeseburgers and you couldn't get 98% of Americans to go get them. You could probably offer free money and you wouldn't get 98% of Americans to go stand in line to do it. You know, like that's just fucking ridiculous. And it, if you want, you know, let's let's just take a mental trip back to, say, a year ago. And I want you to imagine that your wise overlords in Washington took to the tellies and said, in order to return back to normal, in order to end these lockdowns and these restrictions on, on capacities and social distancing and masking and everything like that, in order to return back to normal, 97 to 98% of Americans have to be vaccinated once we come out with the vaccine. And now I want you to be honest with yourself as to what your reaction would be to that absurd assertion. What your reaction would have been to that. To have, to have a president come on TV and say, you can resume your normal lives when 98% of Americans do what we, we say they have to do inject themselves with a vaccine and now fast forward to today and if you're one of those people who support such an, an insane notion as what joe biden just said 97 and 98 percent of americans have to be vaccinated before we can return to normal society if you would have if you're supporting that now if you if you hear that and you're like yeah that that sounds reasonable 97 98 percent i mean ideally it'd be a hundred percent but you know we'll, we'll accept 97 why? What has, you know, what has changed over the last year that we've gone from like, oh, you know, like the vaccine will be made available to those who want it. We need like 60% to reach herd immunity or something like that to, to 98% now is the only, the only number that justifies us returning to normal society. What about COVID has changed over the last year to justify that insane notion? Is it the death toll? Is it the hospitalizations, the case numbers? What What is it? What's changed? Because I guarantee you, there wouldn't have been an American on the face of the earth who a year ago would have heard 98% of American people have to be vaccinated and not thought that was absolutely ridiculous. But now, I'm sure there's like millions of them that would support that and support all sorts of fucking violent totalitarian measures in order to implement it. But if you look at the, the COVID numbers, there's nothing to justify that. There, there's absolutely nothing to justify that. We're seeing you know, more and more. We're seeing more cases now with, with uh, whatever. What are we at? 70 percent vaccination than we were before any vaccines were available. And by the way, I, maybe, you know, Joe Biden should check with Harvard's, Harvard Business School because despite Harvard Business School being over 95% vaccinated, I believe it's, um, let's see, I have the numbers here, 95% of students and 96% of the employees at Harvard have been fully vaccinated uh, for the coronavirus. Yet they've had to put business school classes online after a substantial outbreak of COVID. 
96%, they're still getting substantial outbreaks, so substantial that they had to move classes online for a, for a period of time. Is that in recent days, we've seen a steady rise in breakthrough infections among our student population, despite high vaccination rates and frequent testings, the head of communications told uh, Poets and Quants. With the support of Harvard University leaders, advised by city and state public health officials, we've decided to move all first-year MBA students and some in the second year to remote learning for the, for the next week or so. Huh. Huh. That you, you're still having breakthrough cases enough to to the point where you have to move classes online when you have 96%, 95% of students, 96% of employees vaccinated against coronavirus. The implication being that this these vaccine the the effectiveness of this vaccine is practically worthless. I mean, we're never going to get 95% of Americans fully vaccinated. It's just not going to fucking happen. And, and even if it did, you you could still have uh, breakthrough cases, a breakthrough substantial outbreak of COVID. I mean, what are we doing here? W- what is the point of all of this? And hold that thought while we uh, shift gears here over to Pfizer, which just submitted its vaccine trial data for kids as young as five. So we're getting there. We're almost to those newborn babies. They're, um, you know, in order to get 97% of American, you know, we didn't say adult Americans. He said Americans. 97% of Americans need to be fully vaccinated in order to return to normal. Now, Pfizer's uh, working on that. They submitted their vaccine trial data. Now, I haven't looked at the trial data yet. I wonder if it's as shoddy as the last uh, round of trial data where they didn't have a fucking control group, where they just abandoned all um, agreed upon practices for trials and didn't have a control group. But this is for minors aged 5 to 11. They already, you know, they already back in May, they finished their trials for 12 to 15 year olds and they determined that the, the jab was 100% effective in preventing severe COVID outbreaks in that age group. Yeah. Um, there are no fucking severe outbreaks in that age group, 12 to 15. Or 5 to 11 for that matter. It's essentially zero. It's 0.0001% or something like that. So without the jab, you are already 100% effective in preventing severe cases. So (laughs) I guess it's no surprise that with the jab, you're still at 100% effectiveness. Okay, that's great. And I wonder what the emergency use justification is going to be for that. You know, they're, they're always going to start with the emergency justification. The, it's been approved for emergency use, 5 to 11. Okay, where's the emergency among uh, kids 5 to 11 or 5 to 15, if you want to expand it? Where is the emergency there? Define emergency. That They're not getting sick. They're not getting symptomatic. They're, none of them are dying from this. Virtually zero. Virtually zero. Like, you have to have, like, leukemia. And COVID in order to have a COVID complication at that age group. But they're, they're just going to keep going. I mean, why not? If you're Pfizer, if you're Moderna, if you're Johnson & Johnson, that's, you know, that's millions and millions of customers. How, how in the world have so many people become fucking shills for Big Pharma? It, 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 God, it's just so unfucking believable man. And even more insane, even more fucking dubious 
is the announcement that they made right after, or maybe it was right before, they submitted these the, the latest results to the FDA for children uh, uh, as young as five. You know, so, so they've uh, they've determined that the the vaccine is safe and effective for children as young as five, and then they also announced that they started a trial for a prophylactic COVID treatment that is looking eerily similar to that no-no drug we're not supposed to talk about, ivermectin, which coincidentally came on the heels of this massive propaganda campaign to label it horse paste by the corporate press, by the government, by big pharma, everybody. A drug that's been literally, actually confirmed in billions of cases safe and effective was labeled horse paste, horse medicine, horse dewormer. Only an idiot would take that. And after a couple weeks of that, oh, look what Pfizer's working on. Turns out, they're working on their own new and improved ivermectin. I mean, you can't fucking make this shit up. You can't make it up. This was on Monday. So, uh, yeah, yesterday. They they announced that it's launching an accelerated phase 2-3 trial for a COVID prophylactic pill designed to ward off COVID in those that may have come into contact with the disease. Coincidentally, the drug shares at least one mechanism of action as ivermectin, an antiparasitic used in humans for decades, which functions as a protease inhibitor against COVID-19, which researchers speculate could be the biophysical basis behind its antiviral efficacy. Uh, some some people have dubbed it Pfizer-mectin, which is just beautiful. They they I mean this is what these fucking drug companies do all the time, but it's just it's just so fucking blatant and to have like everybody shilling for them. The entire fucking media, government, all this blue check mark Twitter, all these fucking lemmings that think they're like they're so fucking smart and uh informed that just go they just hop on all of these like obvious obvious propaganda smear campaigns and just parrot the talking points horse dewormer horse paste pfizer it literally just takes this drug ivermectin basically gives it a new name you know some trial name with a number probably changes around one ingredient here or there you know they tinker around the edges just enough to get around any like sort of fucking you know copyright rules regulations whatever slap a new label on it give it a new name and now you can charge outrageous astronomical prices for it <laughs> meanwhile you've got bernie sanders out there ring it just throwing his hands up oh these drug prices are too damn high well, here's a drug that works. It's safe and effective. It's been, you know, working for fucking three decades. It's cheap. It's easy. It's available. It's off-label. Oh, no, no, that's horse paste. <laughs> Let's change around a couple ingredients here or there. Basically use the exact same fucking thing of the drug that we just got done with a propaganda campaign to, to smear. And then have... In the most fucking disgusting fashion, you get the media on board with the new unproven pills. Oh, look at Pfizer. These fucking angels over there in Big Pharma. They're they're working on a new prophylactic to help 
prevent COVID before it even gets to you. You come into you you take this new this new unproven drug that Pfizer's working on, and in the span of a few days, the media will do a, a complete 180, praise the new experimental overpriced drug that has a lot of the same shit in it as the drug that you just got done shilling for a fucking big pharma telling the american people to make fun of it as a horse dewormer or as horse medicine uh unfucking believable man just it's so fucking despicable what they're doing and it's just so obvious ah it's so brazen it's so fucking brazen that it's just it's shocking that that this this propaganda campaign has blinded hundreds of millions of of people to what's going on here. I, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna rip off a drug that we already have that's cheap and and effective, rebrand it, relabel it, and stick a big fat fucking price tag on it, and then the government will come in and ma- and force businesses to fucking mandate it. It's like, oh well, you either get the vaccine or now you take this new prophylactic pill. To ward off COVID. You can do that if you take this pill every day. Uh, unfucking believable man. And like I talked about. I mean I, I've known about ivermectin here. I think it's probably been about a year. Because when I flew back. Uh, when I flew back here right. I uh, I always go to this. This uh, one little restaurant across the street from the airport. Which by the way. If you're coming down to Mexico for the Sayulita super spreader. You're gonna. You're probably gonna want to do this when you land. You can. You can walk uh, out of the airport, turn left, cross a bridge, and go over to the other side. You probably want to do that anyway, because the the cabs on that side. It's you know, it's like a five minute walk. Are are gonna be like half the price, uh, uh, and and you can get Ubers there and everything like that. But there's also this restaurant Tacón de Marlin, that does these like smoked marlin. They're they're basically like burritos and they're fucking delicious, and so I usually stop there when I land. Go over there, get get some uh, some food, and then uh, take take a, an Uber to my place. But the when I landed here back in September, uh, probably about you know about this time last year, maybe a couple of weeks ago last year, the uh, the place was kind of full. There was only one table available, and I saw the I recognized the stewardess. Or whatever the fuck you're supposed to call him now. Uh, I'm going with stewardess. Whatever. I, I I saw the stewardess and one of the pilots was there as well. And I you know I recognized the the stewardess from my flight and I was like and I and uh, I asked them if they wanted to you know share a table because there there was only one table left and it was for like eight people or something. And so yeah, we we sat down and I was talking to him or whatever and I I was talking to the pilot about the uh, you know what what they were doing with uh, all the COVID-19 shit. And he fucking told me that they've been giving every pilot ivermectin and, and all these like prophylactic things since the beginning of the whole pandemic. All these fucking pilots, the ones that were flying from country to country around the world, they were all on fucking ivermectin this entire goddamn time as a prophylactic. Um, anyway, just a little uh, anecdotal thing there, but... So I, I've known about this shit for a while. I know I've mentioned it on the show even before the whole campaign to discredit it. And now we see why. Now we see one of the many reasons why. Not only because it's, 
you know, it, it flies in the face of the, the, the vaccine. You know, you have to get the vaccine. You have to get the vaccine. It's the only thing we can do. Well, here's this other really cheap and effective treatment. No, no, no. Can't have that. But you've also got the, the maker of one of the vaccines is also working on its own version of ivermectin that it wants to charge you out the ass for. So now we know exactly what that fucking campaign was all about. Shocking. And, uh, yeah. It, it just keeps getting better and better, doesn't it? Anyway, let's take a quick second and thank our sponsor for today's show. We're going to go with Zipix Toothpicks, guys. If you are a smoker or you're somebody that has constant nicotine cravings and you're maybe you're not in the place where you can enjoy one of your cancer sticks, <laughs> you can um, pop one of these nicotine-infused flavored toothpicks into your mouth and curb that nicotine craving without anybody knowing exactly what you're doing. You can do it indoors, outdoors, right next to somebody, in a car, without uh, the smell, the taste, the yellowing of your teeth, all those nasty, disgusting side effects from smoking. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of people, you know, maybe it doesn't bug you, but it probably bothers the person sitting next to you. All of that is uh, avoided with this easy-to-obtain, over-the-counter alternative that's cheaper than all of the other uh, smokeless, over-the-counter alternatives that help curb your nicotine cravings. So go to ZipixToothpicks.com. That's Z-I-P-P-I-X, Toothpicks.com. Use my promo code FICTION for 10% off your order. These things are really cool. They got a bunch of, uh, I think, six different flavors that you can choose from. And even if you're not a, a big nicotine guy or gal, they have a B12 and caffeine B12 and caffeine-infused toothpick. If you need to get that caffeine and vitamin fix that we all need a, a boost from time to time. So go check them out. That's zippixtoothpicks.com, promo code FICTION. All right. Let's close out the show with the predictable update on the catastrophic or potentially catastrophic U.S. default due to the debt ceiling battle dragging on, shall we? So uh, Janet Yellen has come out and confirmed that October 18th is the drop-dead date for Congress to lift the federal debt borrowing limit. And of course, the timing of this is, is just nothing short of coincidental. The Democrats are trying to push through this $3.5 trillion spending bill. That is also time-sensitive. And of course, they're, they're playing the, uh, the, the typical political game, which is all this debt ceiling has ever been designed to do, essentially, is to give people political leverage. So now the Republicans get to sit there and be like, we're not going to raise the debt ceiling. We're not going to raise the debt ceiling unless we get, you know, X, Y, and Z from you guys and the Democrats. And they, get, they go back and forth, you know, it depends on who's in power. <laughs> when it was Donald Trump, then the Democrats didn't want to raise the debt ceiling because they needed a bunch of things from the Republicans first. It's just a big arm-twisting, you know, uh, political theater. It's the wrestling that they do. It's the professional wrestling game that goes on in politics. This is all bullshit. This is all fucking one big game that they play. Every single time we've come up to this debt ceiling, not only have they raised it, but they go through the same ridiculous game. You know, one side won't budge. They threaten to shut down the government. 
God forbid. I mean, oh, the horrors of a government shutdown, right? And a couple times it's come to that. We've seen what their idea of an actual government shutdown is, which again is complete bullshit. They furlough some workers. They, they, they won't let you tour the White House or see the Washington Monument. And then all of the fucking furloughed workers get, get their back pay a few months later. So it turns out they just got like a month paid vacation. It's fucking infuriating. And they spend more taxpayer money trying to shut down the government than it would cost to actually keep it open. It's unfucking believable Only the government could figure out how to do that. Unbelievable. But this is what they do every time. And it gets the markets in a tizzy. And, you know, similar to the whole COVID pandemic thing, the, you know, how that, this, this whole fucking pandemic has been man-made, self-imposed bullshit. Well, that's what the debt ceiling is. It's man-made, self-imposed bullshit. And Jamie Dimon actually came out. Uh, he's the uh, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, and said, you know, eventually, we, we you know we should just get rid of this debt ceiling thing because it's 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 causing too many problems. But th- but this is just a self-imposed fake debt limit. And, and the most disturbing thing about it, the, the most backwards thing about it, is that according to you know the banks and Wall Street. And the government, the catastrophic event is not the U.S. government getting rid of the debt limit, suspending it, raising it, whatever. They're probably going to suspend it again because, you know, we've taken on so much debt, they don't even want to put out numbers anymore. They don't want to bring attention to the fact that we're coming up on $30 trillion in debt. So they'll just say, we're suspending the debt limit until further notice. But that's not the catastrophic event. The catastrophic event is not our government spending us into oblivion, destroying the fucking dollar, spending trillions and trillions of dollars that we have no way of paying for. That's not the catastrophic event. Becoming a banana republic, destroying your savings, runaway inflation, none of those are catastrophic events. No, no, no. The catastrophic event, according to Janet Yellen and Jamie Dimon's, uh, J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon, the cat and and Wall Street for that matter, the stock market, which has been you know taking a dump lately, specifically because of all this debt ceiling stuff. The catastrophic event to them is turning off the monetary spigots, is imposing a little bit of fiscal responsibility, is not allowing the government to take on more debt. That's the catastrophic event. Now think of how fucked up that is. Think of how backward that is. Nothing exemplifies what's wrong with the U.S. economy more than the the stock markets and the big banks and the government's reaction to the debt ceiling. Nothing. Allowing the government to take on more debt, destroy the value of the dollar, spend us into the poorhouse. Well, that's good news for the stock market. Stock market's going to rally. Washington will fucking celebrate. Oh, we avoided catastrophe. We allowed ourselves to take on more debt. But imposing a modicum of austerity, well, that's catastrophe. We can't have that, can we? We can't have the government living within its fucking budgets, within its fucking spending limits. No, 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 no. They have to be able to spend whatever they want, whenever they want. Otherwise, it's catastrophe. This is a great quote from Jamie Dimon. This is like the third time we've had to do this. It, uh, it is a potentially catastrophic event, he said. Every single time this comes up, it gets fixed, but we should never even get this close. 
I just think this whole thing is mistaken and one day we should just have a bipartisan bill and get rid of the debt ceiling. It's all politics. I was definitely right about that. It is all politics. It all, it's all self-imposed in terms of like the whole debt ceiling catastrophe thing, right? Just like the whole COVID thing self-imposed. It's all brought on by government. It's all one big fucking political game to them. And just like COVID, their solution to the debt problem is actually worse. It is going to make everything worse. How do we fix our debt problem? Oh, we take on more debt. How do we avoid defaulting? You know, at the top of the show, what what what's the fucking, the Obama quote? Raising the debt ceiling doesn't mean taking on more debt. It doesn't promote government profligacy. Oh, that's exactly what it fucking does. It's exactly what it does. You don't, you know, you don't raise the debt ceiling. You don't allow yourself to take on more debt to avoid default. That's actually what you're doing. You know, it's like paying off your fucking visa with your MasterCard and claiming you're paying off your debts. You're not. You're allowing yourself to go deeper into debt. That is the catastrophe. The catastrophe is that we're fucking addicted to debt. All of us, Americans, are on a micro level and a macro level, this country is addicted to debt. We can't live without, our markets can't sustain themselves. That's the catastrophic event that, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase is talking about. No more cheap money for the banks to get to fucking speculate with in the stock market. Can't prop up the fucking stock market anymore with a bunch of cheap money. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a catastrophe to Wall Street. No more fucking runaway printing press for the government. Spend whatever they want on whenever, when, you know, whenever they want it. Well, that's the catastrophe for all the fucking assholes in Washington. You know, from D.C. and the surrounding area that have sucked all of the fucking resources from this country. That's their big catastrophe. What's the catastrophe for the American people? If the government is forced to live within its means. To live off the tax dollars that they actually collect. Exactly. Exactly. It's not a catastrophe for us at all. You know, they, they do this with everything. It's the same thing they say with our foreign policy. You know, it's it's in our interests. It's never in your interest. It's in their interest. They like to fucking merge the two. The government and the people. That's bullshit. None of this is in your interest. This is all for them. But they've got you convinced that the catastrophic event is to cut them off. They've got you convinced that if if you don't let them borrow fucking trillions of dollars in your name, in your children's name, your grandchildren's name, well, that's a catastrophe. If you don't let them force vaccines on every fucking man, woman, and child, that's a catastrophe. You know, it's COVID. It's a big catastrophe. Oh, yeah, you know, 99% of Americans will survive it. But if if you don't let us do this to to each and every one of you, you get total control over every aspect of your lives, well, then it's going to be a catastrophe, and it's going to be the fault of those people over there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One more creepy thing that I really wanted to talk about. that This came up last week, I think. And uh, the, the GOP senators have now introduced a bill to block Joe Biden's weaponization of the IRS. You know, it came out. This is, you know, uh, under the guise of, you know, taxing the rich and going after all these billionaire tax cheats who aren't paying their fair share. Well, in order to make sure we get those guys, in order to make sure we get all those rich tax cheats, we need to monitor every bank account in America, every transaction of $600 or more. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's the fucking plan now. That's the plan. To hire a fucking army of IRS agents. Another tens of thousands of more. I think 87. Did I see 87,000 more? Yeah. He wants to double the IRS workforce by adding 87,000 new fucking piece of shit IRS agents to come fill, come come after you for every fucking transaction from $600 or more. They're going to enlist all of the fucking banks, all of the big banks to monitor your accounts for the, for these transactions and turn it over to the government. This is all a result of the Patriot Act, by the way, and the anti-money laundering provisions of the Patriot Act. Originally, you know, it was to get terrorists. That was the camel's nose under the tent. It was for your safety, 9-11, terrorists, drug dealers, and all these bad people are, are using bank accounts, and they have these transactions. So anything over $10,000, that has to be reported to the IRS. And that was the camel's nose under the tent. Now, they, now that we've given them that authority, now that every bank in existence... All the ones that couldn't come up with, uh, you know, couldn't comply with the, the costs of all of that or didn't want to do it, they're gone now. We have like five big banks left, all in bed with the government. And now we're going to move that from 10000 to 600 600 fucking dollars. So that we can get all those billionaire tax cheats. Yeah. Good grief, man. If you're still buying this bullshit, you're fucking hopeless. You're fucking hopeless, man. Six hundred fucking dollars that is nothing. That is not. That is like every fucking banking transaction. And you know, it, it was pretty funny in this article I was reading. They they let it slip. You want to talk about inflation? This one guy brought up the fact that when they came up with this fucking unconstitutional bullshit idea a couple decades ago, ten thousand dollars if you account for inflation, would be like $50,000 today. But just like, you know, so the, there's some inflation for you. But just like everything else, they always ratchet it down. to the, Now they're going after $600? $600 in today's dollars. Unbelievable. Unfucking believable But it's always the camel's nose under the tent. Have we not learned anything? The examples are everywhere. And, and just think about it. Just on its face. They're claiming to want to go after millionaires and billionaires who aren't paying their fair share, even though they pay the vast majority of taxes to begin with. How many million and billionaires you know that are you know go making six hundred dollar transactions to avoid paying taxes on them? I mean, come on, man, come on. This is all about fucking going after Joe Sixpack. This is all about going after everybody. And monitoring everything you fucking do. And they're coming at you with vaccine passports and vaccine mandates. They're coming after your job. And now they got your bank account. Now they're going to have J.P. Morgan Chase reporting to the IRS everything you do for $600 or more if they get this through. And when you've got the fucking IRS up your ass for some $600 transaction you made two years ago. <laughs> They're going to be pointing at the millionaires and billionaires and convincing you that this is all be all to get them. Yeah, uh, okay. The millionaires and billionaires that have bought this government, they've, they've got the entire fucking government bought and paid for. They're not going to pay this fucking tax. They're not going to have to worry about their bank accounts. You're the one that's fucked. You're the one that's getting fucked. 
They will always point to somebody else to get a law passed that they can use against you. 100% of the fucking time. You think they're ever going to say, hey, here's a new fucking pain-in-the-ass law, rule, regulation that we're going to impose on you? So vote for it? Vote for me? Give me some money? Fuck no. That's not how this works. That's never how it works. It's always like, hey, see that guy over there? He's your real problem. Vote for me, and I'll pass this law to go get him for you. Oh yeah, I know it could be used against you, but don't worry. Don't worry, I'm just going to use it for that guy over there. And that's how they get your support. And then after they get after they get the authority, boom. It gets turned on you. Like everything gets fucking turned on you. Like the entire spying apparatus that was supposed to be used against all of those terrorists that attacked us for our freedoms. Well, that entire fucking thing is being used to monitor all your fucking phone calls and text messages and spying on the American people and going after people that walked into a government building dressed like a maniac on January 6th. Healthcare workers that were heroes are having the apparatus turned on them now. It's only a matter of time before whatever you're allowing them to do today gets turned on you tomorrow. And I'm going to wrap there, guys. It, it We really need to start learning our fucking lessons of history here. And um, I need to go to bed. So uh, thank you all so very much for listening. Don't forget to get your Sayulita Super Spreader tickets as soon as possible. Sayulita Super Spreader.eventsmart.com. Sayulita, by the way, is spelled S-A-Y-U-L-I-T-A. Sayulita. I realize I haven't spelled that for you guys, but shouldn't be too hard to figure out. Go get those tickets. Become a supporting listener of this show so you can join me on Friday for a cocktail or 10. And if you guys can do all that for me, I will be back later this week with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. 